Good afternoon and welcome to Eco-Activist Journeys. My name is Leah. I am a fourth year student at the University of St. Andrews. I study international relations and sustainable development. And yeah, I'm very passionate eco-activist. I'm also this year's environment officer in the Student Association. And um, yeah, I'm very happy to be here today um, with you. Also very different to normally. I usually have a guest for my radio show, but it's been a while since I've done a show just me and I thought you know what why not those are such important topics that we talk about in, in this time and age and I think it's really important also to highlight that environmental topics and social justice issues um, aren't separate um, they really need to be addressed from both sides they need to be addressed for a healthy society and for healthy interaction with the earth and with the, our natural world and uh, we need to really address both the social issues and both uh, environmental issues um, and look more deeper at some of those, um, yeah, difficulties within that. I wanted to talk to give you a little break, breakdown on what ecofeminism actually is. <laughs> um, and it's a branch of feminism that sees environmentalism and the relationship between women and the earth um, as foundational to its analysis and practice. So it draws on the concept of gender to analyze relationships between humans and the natural world and to see how some of those characteristics that are stereotypically given to male and female have an impact on um, on our relationship with the earth, on in our on interaction with each other, and the way that we make policies and we make decisions um, in our world, which then has an effect on governance and governance of our natural world, governance of our uh, sustainable um, development. <laughs> So yeah, it's all has very like it's a very keychain linked, um, and um, yeah, it's just I think so important that we look into that and and recognize some of the, those those challenges that we're facing. Look at how can we address them? How can we use those tools to actually analyze things differently and challenge the way society works um, in many ways? So, and I think yeah, it goes also without without saying but it, it definitely needs to be said as well because in the ways that this is so much linked to social justice and social issues as well because climate change and environmental problems um, do affect the poorest um, countries the most and they affect countries that in in many cases have contributed the least to climate change um, so it's very much also an issue of justice um, and I think that is very, very important to highlight and it's important to recognize how all of our issues of our current time are so interlinked, um, be that health, be that the pandemic, <laughs> that's from what came, that originated from wildlife trafficking, um, be it social justice issues, be it um, just our general relationship with each other and with the earth, our disconnect from nature um, and just I guess the whole culture that we've built up in terms of what we value, our whole value system. And um, yeah, that brings me a little bit back to, um, to the topic of um, feminism and especially topic of ecofeminism. Um, and I think it's one of the first past starting points for me in this topic was um, when I just started looking at and questioning like, why is it that there's just so many more female environmental activists um is that just me thinking that is or is there actually like evidence behind it and so I researched it a bit and uh, I found out yeah it's actually there are a lot more 
um, in case studies show that females generally perceive climate change as much more serious than males do. Um, and it's generally also, I think it's more, yeah, it's more of seen of a female characteristic to like care for the earth. And um, it has that, I guess, motherly connotation of um, caring and nurturing and um, um, flowers and trees. And yeah, <laughs> it's just seen as more of a feminine uh, movement. And I think that is problematic because um, why is caring classified as a more female characteristic? Like that's just true wrong on so many levels. That's wrong not just for females, but for males as well. Um, like wh wh why? <laughs> why is it that we put all these societal stereotypes on what we think men are supposed to be in terms of like strength and um and I don't know, caringness and emotional, being emotional, I think that's also sometimes seen as something feminine. And actually, I think it's sometimes, especially in today's society, um, it requires quite a lot of strength to be um, caring and to be emotional and to be standing up for the things that you believe in. So we really need to challenge that this is um, in any ways a f uh, that is that this is sort of a weak characteristic is I think after all it's, it's a strength um, to sort of be vulnerable and to say and to recognize sort of our imperfections to recognize uh, our emotions and um, of humans and then to say uh, to recognize yeah we are emotional creatures and um, as much as obviously studies like um, international relations want us to believe that um, we are rational creatures uh, uh, or things like rational choice theories i think a lot of if we if we really dive deeper into human decisions and psychology a lot of our decisions are made at a deeper level than just the rationality behind it it is there's a lot that plays into the way that we make decisions why we make decisions um super fascinating topic as well by the way um, I should do a show on the psychology of climate change uh, one day. If you guys are interested, let me know. Um, but that's definitely something I'd love to talk more about as well. So, yeah, if it shows that there are more females that actually care uh, about climate change, yet there's only 10% of the world's heads are female, um, which means that chief environmental decisions are made by males and they're made sort of, um, yeah, I don't think, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just frustrating because I think we need both males and caring females. We don't just need more females in the in positions of power. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. We do um, because we just need a more equal society that gives opportunities to males and females and that opens that up. And I mean, it is problematic also to think that it's so much harder for for females to get into those positions and to um, work your way up like you have to just achieve so much more and do so much more than your male counterpart and that's just the reality um but it shouldn't be and i think we need to challenge that we need to challenge that notion of caring and kindness because gosh we need kindness so badly in this world and we need it from both sides you need it for males and from females um because not like um, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into it. Is the queen bee syndrome, um, which actually describes women in positions of power who treat subordinates um, more critically if they're female, 
So that means that necessary, not necessary, uh, and it shows that if even if females are in position of power, doesn't necessarily mean that they then contribute to a more equal society. Um, and that's something that is really deep to analyze as well, because why is it that then females feel threatened by other fe- females coming in? Is because of that um, that mindset and that um, patriarchy that we we've grown up in, I think. And that is still so ingrained in culture and in popular culture. I mean, popular culture example exactly of the Queen Bee syndrome is often used or referenced to is, for example, the movie Mean Girls. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's actually it's really sad, but it's actually also really interesting to analyze why is it that the women are less likely to support their fellow women, where men are much more likely to support fellow men uh, but it's not the same with females and it's kind of like whoa why is that um and and i think it's also a lot because of um, those like male masculine qualities that are given to leaders um and then if you are in a position of leadership you are more likely to take those on as well and you are likely to legitimize your position by taking on those male um, characteristics and by showing commitment to professional roles and commitment to um, that structure. And if we look at some of the female leaders today, they have actually a lot of them actually don't aren't very typically um, female. Um, and also something I find so very interesting is that um, female leaders are so much harsh, more harshly criticised. Like some of the leaders that we have in the world today, I don't think they could get away with what they're doing if they were female. Uh, and you see that in, po- in politics. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Donald Trump would be president if he were a female, <laughs> quite honestly, and he would be doing the same things. And I think the same goes within if you look at British politics um, and in just in general, how much harsher, even though <laughs> they're really bad male politicians, they're still sort of better accepted than some other female leaders. Um, And that's, yeah, maybe one perfect either, but not to the extent. And I think that's something that is really interesting to analyze as well. Um, Something that's also very worrying because um, you realize that it's just, there's so much that goes behind behind it. It's not um, to strive for social justice. It's it's more than actually making sure people um, of different genders, of different gender identities of different ethnicities get into power but is actually about decoding and unframing some of those much more deep and rooted things and wow that's that is a challenge and I think that is something we need to talk about more and we need to analyze more which is yeah why I'm talking about it today um and yeah I think it's a really really fascinating topic it's a really important topic um and something that needs to be explored further. Um, I also wanted to talk about, um, actually, um, my book, because um, I published a book last year, end of 2019, called Dear Earth, which is a poetry book. And um, I have one of the poems, actually, in there. It's called Ecofeminism, and I'm going to share it with you. Ecofeminism. As women, we share so much with this earth. We are life givers and supporters. We go through seasons. We bloom, 
and we bleed. The moon pulls us through our cycles. Our bodies complete some of the most incredible miracles. Women can birth a new life and soul onto the earth. But like the earth, the female body falls victim to some of the most horrific crimes. It is objectified and abused. It is disregarded and degraded. It is beaten and burnt, made to look a certain way, expected to perform certain functions, expected to please, expected to give without demanding return, made to be inferior. Mother Nature gives and gives, provides us with everything we need for life. Yet we burn and beat her. She's objectified and disregarded. She's polluted and poisoned. Her most precious gems are extracted and removed. Her skin is scratched open. Her lungs are burning. Slowly but surely, bit by bit, she's torn down. Yet she's expected to give as she has always given. To look as beautiful as she has always looked. To support life like she always has. Beaten, burned, abused, objectified, disregarded, polluted, and poisoned. Who are we to think we can do anything? Who are we to think our actions don't have consequences? We cannot survive without Earth, and we cannot survive without women. We need each other. It's time to learn respect. It's time to learn what it means to love. So that was um, Ecofeminism, um, a poem from my book, Dear Earth. Um, and yeah, I thought I'd share it since we're talking about ecofeminism today. And um, yeah, I really just want to share some more poems of my book and uh, um, yeah, spread some more awareness of it because obviously it's completely non for profit. And I love to, um, yeah, be able to um, just share some of that with the world and uh, also to, to raise some money for environmental charities. Um, all of the last donations have gone to Greenpeace UK and um, yeah, if there are any other environmental campaigns and petitions that you particularly love um, me to support or you'd want money to go to uh, from your book um, or from your copy of the book, do let me know. Um, it's actually currently available in a little store in St. Andrews, um, Buchanis, uh, on Market Street. But it's also available on Amazon, so you can get it there. And um, it's there's a lot of there's a lot in it. Um, sometimes I'm surprised how I wrote it because yeah, it just kind of came together like a little, like a little miracle and just words flowed out of my heart. And yeah, there it happened. And within a year, I had a, a book. <laughs> And um, yeah, the photos are um, from it by a dear friend of mine. So there's like photos and illustrations and art in it. Um, yeah, which is also probably why it is a bit more expensive because it's printed in color. Um, and yeah, it's really high quality. I really love it. And um, yeah, I'd love to share it with you. So um, yeah, do check it out. You can find more about it on my website as well, eco-activists. Um, dot the dot co dot today 
Um, so yeah, do check it out. Um, there's one more poem that I wanted to share because I think it really fits with um, today's theme. And uh, that's called um, One Day. So I'm going to do that as well now. One day. One day today's norms will no longer be acceptable. One slavery was not legal. One segregation was legal. One apartheid was legal. One's women rights were unheard of. One's animal rights were unthought of. Once it was not allowed to believe the earth is round. Once everything we see as normal today would have been classified as witchery and absurdity. One day killing will be a crime. The killing of our planet. The killing of animals for food and fun. The killing of life. One day smoking in public places will be a crime. Not because people are harming themselves with it, but because they are risking the lives of others. They are deforming the lungs of those that pass by. They are taking away someone else's life choice for their own pleasure. One day driving motor cars will be a crime. A crime against humanity, causing devastating air pollution and lung diseases. Emitting greenhouse gases that are putting our future at risk. One day fast fashion will be a crime. A crime against humanity. Killing those that work in the factories polluting rivers and oceans, creating and wasting more than this planet can take. One day, profit over people will be a crime. It will be criminal to place pieces of paper over the well-being of others. It will be criminal to poison others with, with chemicals to reap the profits. It will be criminal to cause destruction for the benefit of the few. One day, factory farming will be criminal. It will be criminal to mindlessly slaughter fellow life on earth. It will be accepted that animals feel pain, that they have feelings. Life will be respected. I will probably never see this day. But it will come. And I will live as if it is already true today. So yeah, I'm challenging a few of ideas and societal norms in that poem. Um, and really, I think my main reason be behind this poem, obviously, um, is just to question some of the things that we have now and to really realize that we have power in manifesting our reality as well today. And manifesting is what we see normal and um, we all have a part to play in that. So yeah. Things do change, um, and they have changed in the past, and they will change again. It just depends what route we as humanity take and what like steps we take. And I think, yeah, people sometimes ask me, like, well, how are you like hopeful about things in the world, and how do you see the future? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I see the future as a as a plate and as a canvas of opportunities. Um, but also, yeah, incredibly fragile because it's subject to what we do with it now and it's subject to how we treat it and how we, how we cause a collective shift in, in the way that we think and that we act. So, um, yeah, it's really just depends on, on what route we take. And I think we actually have a really historic opportunity to cause some really big and large-scale changes and we need them. <laughs> 
I mean, the situation that our world is in right now shows us that we need them. Um, so, yeah, the challenge is just like, how do we do that now? And what do we do with, with that? Um, yeah, just to go once more over my book, as I thought I'd go through, because I have it in five parts. Um, part one is our home. So it's a bit more about um, nature, connection to nature, um, and things like that. And then um, part two is questioning everything. So it's, yeah, just some uh, content on just like questioning things and questions I've asked myself. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, both of those poems that I think, I, yeah, both of those poems that I don't read are, no, it, it's the ecofeminism is definitely one of them, part of questioning everything. Part three is letters to Earth and its inhabitants. So that's written more in like a letter format. So it's like dear Earth, dear dear planet Earth, dear Moon, um, dear human, dear future generations, dear dolphins. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite poems. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear more. Like, if we ever read it, to hear what your favorite ones as well. Part four is the oceans are rising, but so are we. So it's about the youth movement, the climate strikes. Um, it's about yeah, causing societal change. And then part five is a better world, question mark. So, yeah, that's that um, of me talking about my book. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm glad I could share a little bit with you from the book on this radio show. If you enjoyed that, if you want to hear more, me read more poems and talk more about it, let me know. But also, yeah, really be cool to for you to check it out. And if you can check it out, if you can support it, um, obviously, um, that'd be wonderful um so yeah that's that's that for my book yeah so the last bit today I'm just going to talk a little bit about um activism and kindness because yeah you can never talk enough about kindness um but yeah it's rather this is obviously a very strange time for everyone and it's a difficult time and I think it's important to acknowledge that and to be open about that because, um, yeah, we find ourselves in really uncertain times and we find ourselves, I think, in times where we ask ourselves, like, what what on earth is the future going to look like? And um, just that fear of, like, well, is it going to get better or is this just the beginning of things getting worse? <laughs> and uh, I think for me that obviously can be super scary. I think um, for many, I don't know, what your thoughts are at the moment but um yeah just just be kind to yourself uh, about it and to each other because I think uh, that's so important and um yeah I think within activism especially um it's challenging and it's important to sort of like take breaks and go outside which is what I'm actually doing next week so my next radio show will be not next week but in two weeks time because I'm taking a little bit of a break next week because yeah it's been time's flying about so quickly but also it's been a rather stressful semester so um yeah it's I think I've realized like okay I'm, I'm definitely reaching my boundaries so <laughs> I need to take a break I need to take some time and I think that's just so important to recognize and to see um you know we all need breaks and we all need time off um and um that's okay that's important um and we can only do so much but there's still a lot that we can do in our personal lives and how we manifest and work on things like it doesn't have to be I think sometimes what makes us quite challenging as well activism nowadays is that most of it's online like most things are online in general but um 
yeah, there's just a lot of screen time and it's a lot of um, time sitting and not being outside, coupled with the fact that it's getting winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, so darker and colder. Um, but nevertheless, I think this just, like, for me personally, like, it's just one of the best things to go outside and oh, just, like, <laughs> lie at the beach or... Uh, even if it's ice cold uh, <laughs> and um, just let the wind blow through my hair and just hug a tree or uh, I know that sounds very like I don't know but yeah it's just it's important and I think it's it's a good thing to do that and to to just see that well step by step like we can make a difference um, even in ways or not so small in big and small ways and not so small ways such as like voting and such as um, giving your voice to people that you know you can will speak up for you and uh, will take um, your concerns forward and who will support you. And I think we definitely need to look out to support each other more as well, especially as women um, and between women, I think, as well. Because, yeah, I don't know. I was just like hit recently. I was like, you know what? I think maybe <laughs> if I was a man, I would. Uh, if there was a man who would do exactly the same things that I do um, and have done, I think I'd have a completely different uh, platform um, and voice. And I think that's just like something sometimes interesting to think about in terms of like how do some of those ways and of life still um, rule and control, I guess, the opportunities that, that we have and also the things that we're doing. Um, and like it's never going to be fair. We're born in an inherently unjust world. So yeah, I guess that's just a thing to live um, within life. But I think there's still so much that we can do to just support each other more um, and to, I guess, be kinder and take more politics out of uh, out of things like environmentalism. Because yeah, it's a political issue and um, <laughs> it needs a lot of political um, support and drive, but it's much beyond politics and it's, it, it, it goes to the root of, I guess, what we care about. and. Um, in the end, no one none of us can live um, life and can carry on living a happy life on Earth if we don't also make sure that we're sustaining the environment and the world around us. Um, but yeah, that's like that's enough of a ramble <laughs> from me for today. Um, make sure to check out my interviews that I did um, on Eco Activist Journeys. Um, yeah, follow my podcast as well. Um, you can find it pretty much on any podcast site, so like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Ditcher, you name it. Um, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you have a good rest of the week and weekend. And look at the stars and be like, wow, we're just such a small, like, wow, what a miracle it is to, to be alive on this tiny planet on Earth. But yeah, to realize that. To realize that, um, I love watching watching the stars. Like probably one of my favorite things in the world. So that's why I love like if I'm like outside the city and you can see more more of the sky and the night skies. It's always beautiful. Um, but yeah, dear fellow human being, thank you for tuning in. This has been a live recording of my radio show uh, on St Andrews Radio Star. And this is the fourth year running that I'm doing the radio show. And this semester it runs Thursday at 4 p.m. UK time during the semester. And if you want to join in for the live show and if you want to leave comments and have some interaction, 
please check out the site standrewsradio.com. Other than that, I hope you really enjoyed it. And um, if you want to reach out to me, please do so. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and also, if you have any suggestions for future um, shows or future topics that you would love me to explore and discuss, let me know. My um, Instagram is at ecoactivistjourneys or at ecoactivist.leah. And the Facebook page is at ecoactivistjourneys. That being said, wherever you are, whatever you're facing at the moment, I wish you all the best. I wish you lots of strength and hope. And um, yeah, hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful evening. Um, sending my love.